Welcome to Empowered. Before we get started, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respect to the past, present and future traditional custodians and elders of this nation and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. We further acknowledge the land on which we work here at RED, which is the land of the Torrebal and Yugara peoples. The struggle that you have overcome might be the struggle a queen is currently sinking in. We all have a story and we all need to share it. So welcome to Empowered. Here you will be surrounded by a community of queens who have conquered their own. I am very blessed to have a village of people in my corner who lead with love, share their success tips, and this is a platform for their stories. Be it your career success, a fitness achievement, finding your personal balance with that elusive work-life balance, there is a queen out there struggling to stay above water. And if you had the cure to cancer, you'd share it. I believe your story is someone's cure. Your story will help save a soul and this world needs way more of that. The intention for these potties is to host guests with topics and tricks shared with the listener to help them live a life full of love, happiness and success. Be surrounded by queens who have walked your path and resonate with their stories. What do you know now that has helped your journey that you would love for your younger self to have in your toolbox? Welcome to Empowered. And today's queen... (laughs) I'm very excited. I shouldn't have favourites, but I do, and here you are. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> that will be forever. That- uh, always. <laughs> Amazing. Ruby, uh, is the one, the only, Jess Toppy. Woo! Thanks Tor- for having me. Toppy Torpedo. I have you still saved in my phone as Torpedo. I, I, I saw when I came into reception. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Um, thank you for being here. Um, I didn't mean to look to you in my introduction for the fitness achievement, but it's predominantly part of your big story, which I'd love to unpack today because I think that's really cool. We have a lot of things in common, uh, a joy and a natural spark and a love for life, uh, a determination, love of dogs. Absolutely. Most of the time, love of our husbands. Yep. (laughs) All the time, (laughs) Maddie. All all, all the time, Uh Uh, like and love sometimes. We absolutely do not have... uh, potential athleticism uh, and Commonwealth Games experience, that is not something we have in common. And we also don't have in common our sports <laughs> understanding. It's uh, not Commonwealth Games, is it? Was it the Olympics? <laughs> no. Well, we can unpack that. It's okay. definitely not Commonwealth Games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Memory like an absolute goldfish. All right, well, we're going to hear about that. So you can tell your story. Uh, I won't fabricate that and tell the wrong story. <laughs> uh, but Jess and I, um, uh, way back yonder, feels like yesterday but also decades ago. Absolutely. Uh, in the human behaviour space and we were roomies, roommates. Yep. Um, I'm sure we were a massive distraction uh, but the a joy. the rest of the office. <laughs> <laughs> you mean they hated us? Probably. Absolutely. Uh, did we bring joy and sparkle also yes absolutely um and we're still very lucky to consider uh, our other roommates and colleagues and people in that uh, space very good friends absolutely mm, much love um that was a beautiful time in my life um and i just loved it and your gift from that moment as well so wow. thank you thank um, you uh, many a time when I ask uh, guests to be on my podcast, they go, but why? And you didn't even question that. 
So I love that. I'm too confident. <laughs> Which topic do you want, doll? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot to unpack. I know. No, I love that because um, I think you have this beautiful pride without being cocky. Like you just have a natural, I know who I am. I don't, do you, do you realise that or do you? No, but on reflection, when we when you were talking about the purpose of Empowered, because I've done my research. She's not watched a single episode. Uh, sorry. That's okay. I, uh, really I, big supporter you of you. You played though. hockey, didn't you? No. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get to that. But, like, I was reflecting on probably one of the biggest things, and it's not really a lesson I've learned. It's something I'm probably most proud of, and that's around being true to myself oh. and just owning my stuff. Good. You do. Do you know what I mean? You're and very unapologetically. And just... Sticking with it. What are your values? Uh, Sorry, put you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So connection is a big one. Authenticity and probably just passion. Mm, I feel that. They're probably my top three, to be honest. That's good. That's so good. Do you do values with Matt? Like share together as? So great question. (laughs) (laughs) There was once, uh, and for those listening at home, my husband um, and I are very different but similar. He's obviously a tradie, has his own plumbing and gas fitting business, which. Would you like to plug? uh, (laughs) Your mate's plumbing and gas. (laughs) Unlike your mate's brewery. (laughs) (laughs) Very similar. They should do a collab, in fact. Love that. Um, But we are so different. And then, you know, in the world I work, you know, I'll go, Maddie. Like, let's look at, let's unpack your values. Oh my what God. would that be? And he's like, <gasps> but he same eye roll with Chris. He absolutely, like, does it in his own way, mm. and is similar in his own way in mm. terms of he's probably never done the formal work to yes. identify it, yep. but he lives his values. He's never process mapped it out, and yeah, you know, correct. has a whiteboard and, and, and gone, oh, what's my goals? Yes. Um, what am I going to set? What support do I need to achieve that? No. No. But he does it in his own way. That's cool. So we have done it once, but, you know, and my sister-in-law sent me this meme the other day and she was like, this is me with um, my brother, Dean, and it was like when someone talks about work and asks what your partner does and you sit there going, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. no idea. Absolutely. Maddie has absolutely no idea what I do. That's so cute. (laughs) You know what he does? Yeah. Deals with shit all day. Yeah. Literally. Absolutely. (laughs) I love that. Um, do you want to speak to what you do in, in your career and what you love? Because you are a freaking weapon at it. I used to oh. watch you and just be like, you <laughs> could create something out of nothing every single time. Thank you. That's very kind. So that, That's a genuine compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you polish turds. It's, yeah. yeah, no, amazing. So I suppose I'll go back to where it all started. True. And it started for me at a big rail freight organisation, Horizon, mm-hmm. uh, based in Brizzy here. Super fortunate enough to be in a grad program there, Mm -hmm. which meant that I got to try out lots of different stuff. Mm. So I loved that. Like in terms of an organisation to start my career at, Mm -hmm. it was the best starting place for me. Gave me the ability to kind of (laughs) move. Mm. And my background was public relations, shocked, Um, and journalism, right? So I loved talking. I loved writing. I loved communicating and started in this you know, great organisation, went everywhere. Mm. And one of the coolest things um, about that organisation is they just didn't really give a shit about what people said. They did what they wanted and what was right. So at that point, um, gender diversity was a massive issue. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I want to say there was 95% men, Mm. maybe 5%, 6% women when I started. 
And so they just unapologetically said, this isn't good enough. Let's let's really push the change it. Yeah, change yeah, it. And amazing. you know, everything every single role in our that business. Was a while ago, right? Absolutely. Probably mm, a good twelve years yeah, ago wow, now. Wow, that's big. So I was sitting there one day in, you know, after the grad program, was in external relations, used to write speeches for the CEO and PowerPoints, and got a call from our HR team and said, Hey, uh, we've identified you as an a person to go into a frontline leadership role out at Red Bank in Heavy Hall. And I was like, uh, pardon? Me? <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, you've put in our HR system that you're really passionate about leadership, creating cultures of high-performing teams, which is true because I suppose the sport side, the, the external to work was the thing that really lit me up. All that hockey. <laughs> Softball. <laughs> uh, and so I had this moment where, I really like doubted myself because I knew I was imposter syndrome. Absolutely, where I was like, "Holy shit, I'm a young female about to go out. I have to and potentially deal with a bunch of trades." So (gasps) went through the interview process. I interviewed the hiring manager more than he interviewed me, (laughs) which is not surprising. (laughs) But I just called it out. Like I said, "Hey, how do you think that the guys would react if a you know a 26 year old 20 something female?" comes in, is their leader, has no idea, zero experience. And I went home and spoke to Maddie, my husband. <laughs> well, at the time he was my boyfriend. Hey, boyfriend. Um, and I said, Maddie, the weirdest thing's happened at work today. Like I've just had this opportunity and it's like it's a secondment, so it's a five-month opportunity. And he goes, after I told him about it, so let me get this straight. <laughs> you would manage someone like me. <laughs> and I said, yeah. yeah. And he's like, that's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I was like, right, I'm doing Signing it. Signing up on that note, yeah. <laughs> so I, I then went to one of um, a, a really good friend of mine who was one of the execs in HR and said, I just don't feel right about it. Like I want to do it, mm. but the fact that I'm getting this opportunity because I'm female and I'll never that forget what itself, he said it, to yeah, me. Yeah. He turned around and he said to me, hey, I'm just going to tell you something about my career. Every single job I've gotten, well, not every single, but majority of them, has been because a mate has gotten me a job. He's like, so how is this any different? Oh, that's so good. And I was like, whoa. And so covered in goosebumps. Yeah, and it really kind of made me, because obviously we talk a lot about particularly gender diversity in male-dominated industries, Mm, and mm. it made me really rethink the whole thing about it and and then put on another lens of, you know, how many times we see technical people promoted into a leadership role because they're the best technician. Well, they've had longevity. Like it should be about, and Mm. they really went outside the box Mm. and said, no, you've got leadership capability. We want you Mm. to help this team. They're going through a huge amount of change. It was like a really hard time for that team out at at Red Bank. Um, And I love the opportunity. And that's the point in my career that really just – but put it on steroids and kind of gave me a new purpose and direction. It's like those sliding doors. Imagine if he said no. Imagine if he caved into that imposter syndrome and went, nah, that's not, I can't do that. Yeah. What would life look like now? Like that would be totally different. So that totally. was a pivotal career Absolutely. moment. Yeah, that's and cool. it's probably one of the biggest things, like depending what it is, I will nearly always say yes. Even because, if you're scared shitless. Absolutely, yeah. because you never know what's going to come. And I don't know if you know of Mark Matthews, big wave surfer, but yeah. he um, 
you know, recently was at one of his keynotes he did and he was his whole thing's about like what's on the other side of fear. Yes. And his whole thing is you can't, the only way to get through fear is to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot train for it. You cannot, you know, do any <laughs> meditation, mindfulness, any of that. Like mm. you've just got mm. to get Lean through it. it. Yep. And so the worst thing, I was like, well, the worst thing that can happen is I hate this and I go, this isn't for me. Mm. And so you, yeah, you yeah. are the master of your own destiny and just choose another path. Yeah, or go and work with Maddie. <laughs> Could you imagine? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> those not all those people in COVID who worked with their husbands um, or partners from home. I was like, oh, like I would uh, no, no, A hard no. It so, can work, Christopher. Hey, <laughs> no, we love Hashtag it. Hashtag love you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's really cool, and that's a really great take home for someone listening right now who perhaps is younger than we are. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that imposter syndrome is real. Um, even, you know, Pink, the artist, has it. Mm. She's like, are you sure I, so I released another album, somebody's going to listen to it and Absolutely. every time it's a bloody hit wonder. I like that we're likening ourselves to Pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same bank account and everything. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that imposter syndrome is just a voice in our head, right? Absolutely. It, and it's a story that we've made up that we, it's just false. So Absolutely. that's really cool. There's somebody out there who will, you know, lean into that uh, as, a, as a support mechanism. Um, so that uh, obviously was a little while ago in your career. But yep. what have you – obviously you've taken on board that construct of just get in there and be unapologetic. But what what now does your career look like and, and, and what's – the future look like career-wise as well? What's your goals? Yeah, great question. So from there, obviously, um, went and had the pleasure of working with you, mm-hmm. Emma, um, and that was really great work, like understanding, you know, for lots of different big clients around mm. Australia, right, like what are their issues and mm. how can we help them from that behaviour change yep. point of view. Did you do much in that human behaviour space prior I had done a bit. Um, I mean, obviously everything you've ever done is really human focused. Absolutely. But but in terms of like an Mm. actual role, no. Yep. Yep. Uh, So I learned so much there. We faked it very well. (laughs) (laughs) See, make something out of nothing. Absolutely. And I really enjoyed that. It was probably challenging being in a consultancy for me, like rather than being embedded in an organisation. Understood. I, you know, you can have the best plans and Mm. hand that over to whoever you're working with. But Mm -hmm. if (laughs) it's all about the engagement and the rollout, Mm -hmm. to be honest, in whatever you do. Um, So, yeah, that was a great time in terms of the people I met, the people we worked with, the clients we had. And then from there went to a bit of a different diverse role um, at UQ, University of Queensland. That's right. Yeah, and the whole purpose around that, and this is where I bring the the athlete life in, was leading into the 2020 Olympics. My goal was to make the softball, um, the Olympic softball teams. Not the Commonwealth Games. I was so so close to you then too. (laughs) I was so cheering you on. Yeah. Mm. And so I went essentially to a recruiter and said, hey, like, I love change management. I love behaviour change. I would love a job in that space, mm-hmm. but it needs to be Brisbane-based with no mm-hmm. travel yep. because I need to train and I was a firm believer I could do it all, which I did <laughs> in terms of fitting in full-time mm-hmm. work, succeeding at work and 
being an athlete and representing my country. So and To be fair, that's exactly the point that I wanted you to speak to and that's why I, <laughs> I just was in awe of you. I always am, but in particular in that time of your life, it was insane. Like yeah. how on earth did you manage to, <laughs> like you're just a wonder woman. Thank you. I look back now and have no idea how I did it and even my mum when I finished playing was like, I don't know how you did that. And it's, I think it's number one, like I was just so driven. Like I was just, I am going to do that. I'm going to set my mind to it. No matter what setbacks happen, that is my goal and that's what I'm going to do. And also at work, I want to be a high performer. Like Mm. I want to take on more and like I just, I've never thought that you need to do one or the other. Mm -hmm. And the other day I was having a chat to a woman (laughs) who like I have never met before this day and she was talking to me about she's on the end of parental leave mm-hmm. and not sure like if she can go back to work and I was like, well, why can't you do it all? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I've never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And like I understand everyone's different mm-hmm. but that's always my like why can't, you know, why can't there be a female CEO in a job share in an ASX company? Like that would be amazing to see. Is that you? <laughs> Did we just manifest oh, that? Uh, if you dream it, you Tomorrow. believe it. Uh, no, not not where I <laughs> can imagine going. Uh, but you never say never, right? Absolutely, and so, why not? Absolutely. So what is the goal for you career-wise? What's, what's 10 years Jess look like, 10 years away for Jess look like? Yeah, great question. So currently working at a smaller mining company, mm-hmm. Kestrel Coal Resources, which is awesome in the org development yep. capability space. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely lights me up. And also understanding more around the broader HR Mm -hmm. lights me up. Mm -hmm. So that's where I want to head into a more, a a bigger leadership role within the next 10 years Mm -hmm. um, that's really diverse and has lots of different people under because I love leading people Mm. and teams. Like that's what absolutely lights me up. And like just being in a place where you can help create a great culture. Mm. Preach. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what that looks like, but mm. that's what's important to me. That's awesome. And you are an exceptional leader, but you're a leader without realising it in everywhere. You know, like it's you're a, a kind, compassionate, but a leader who leads within. You know, it's Thank not. Thank you. You know, you've met leaders who are dictators and, yeah, Insert Absolutely. negative word here. And I don't know whether you've seen leaders like that and gone, whoa, not going to be that one and charged the complete opposite direction or whether you just are you authentically yeah. and unapologetically and that just is your leadership style. Like I don't know if you've actually strategically approached your leadership like that or is it just natural that because it's organically you? I think it's natural and it probably comes back to like your values and your beliefs True. when you you know when you're young and what your parents instill in you and I was super lucky to have and still am <laughs> they're alive Whoa. which is great <laughs> that got real dark real quick and um, we're back <laughs> yeah but just that whole sense of that drive from my parents and mm-hmm. just they were both teachers and it was all around you know treat others how you want to be treated and well, well why would you treat anyone differently yes. and you know what shits me the most is you know, people in a workplace who look down on someone else because they're in a job perceived as under them. Oh, I can't stand like, that. It just kills me. Yeah, and so absolutely. all those people that manage up really well mm. and 
everyone's going, well, that person's a dick. Mm, absolutely. And then, you know, the CEO's like, oh, they're, they're a great person. And you're like, yeah, mm, no. They're killing your culture. That's yeah. toxicity right there. And I think the other thing is just I'm really tr- – I try to be – no, I think I am <laughs> empathetic. You are, absolutely. Like un- you might not, you know, understand exactly what someone else is going through, but you can make a bloody good effort in mm. understanding and being there for them mm. because obviously like – you know, we talk a lot about apathy versus sympathy versus empathy and, like, empathetic leadership I think is the key. Ding, ding. I agree. Mm. Very much so. Mm. Do you want a job? <laughs> Sorry, Kestrel, I've taken plug. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I love that and uh, you're right. Like, we're all about obviously, you know, framework and process mapping and, and in yeah. the implementation is the important part but the rollout the consistency is something that we're very, very both um, passionate about. Um, it, it's something that we talk about here. So at Red, shameless plug, uh, as the chief of happiness, I am responsible for but love everything people-related. I think we've always had that in common as well. Yeah. Um, and being in a tech space, a tech industry, um, you can very quickly lose the human element to anything we do. So you mentioned that your name is on the welcome board out the front. That's the little things that we do from start to finish to make sure even our customers are felt it's not just a logo and a business. We're dealing with the human. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of when we were working in that space together, I um, actually use still today, so I probably should pay some trademark rights or something, <laughs> um, but rolling uh, rolling out or seeing what you rolled out and, and the framework of it, you're right, it's got to be, it can't be here's the framework, off you go, see you later and good luck. The people have got to marinate in that framework and that process and the implementation. So it's it's key that you're present in that as well. Absolutely. So do you, do, are you, do you love that moment when it's like, wow, that was a concept or a framework that I implemented and it's actually working, you know, like you see it evolve and come to life? Is that something yeah, that says you're withdrawing? Absolutely. Your- and we've just done a big leadership program that mm. we called Unleashed. Uh, I saw which, that. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And in terms of businesses that, um, like especially in the heavy industry, yep. male dominated industries yep. that give back and put time into their people, like that's why I'm at Kestrel. And um, anyway, so we had 220 people last year go through, it was a year kind of leadership program with eight different topics, covering everything from like, what's your self, like leadership style, like what's your disc profile through to how to give feedback, feed forward, how to planning and prioritising communication, Mm. all of the things that you kind of need a reminder on, whether you're super experienced or inexperienced but the really cool thing from that is um, at the end of it we went out to you know all of Kestrel who had done it Um, unfortunately our operators didn't do it the the guys at the coalface Mm -hmm. but everyone else did and we said hey nominate has there been anyone who you've seen have a positive shift in their leadership style that's cool in the last six to 12 months like since we've started it and we had so many nominations there was one person who got 15 so we then had prizes. Oh, we then made a big deal out of it. Good. And, you know, if people got nominated, we then wrote them a little postcard and said, hey, so it, someone has seen you and this is what they've said. Oh, and so it was just, yeah, just those types of things. Yeah. And if you talk to our CEO, he'll tell you how many wives of um, people at work Stop. stopped him at different events and said, you have not 
only change so-and-so's life at work but at home through that program. I will not cry. I will not cry. <laughs> <laughs> do Did not cry. Do not cry. That's amazing. Yeah. So and it's those things that <sighs> like and in anything you do, right, mm. especially in the culture capability space, a lot of the time it's a shit fight to get something off the ground. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, you're, you're trying to, you know, because it's hard because it's not a project that no. is going to give you a specific dollar figure return on invent, uh, on in, you know, yeah. ROI, whatever that is. <laughs> Ask your people. Uh, <laughs> you got people <laughs> for that job. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's those other things that really help in terms of that retention piece and that, in, you know, how do we light our employees up? How do mm. we make them feel like they belong? How do we help that. them? Yeah. Especially in that space. I mean, the similarities in the work that we do is very similar because it is sometimes struggle street. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean that with all the love in my heart, but we have a camaraderie culture here. Mm. That love your values, by the way. Thank you. First thing I saw after Torpedo Aww. on the uh, TV. <laughs> but they're not just on the wall. We yeah. speak to them every day. They're in performance reviews. Um, they're in, you know, shout-outs of great work. I, I love what you mentioned there before about, um, you know, the difficulties of here's a concept, go go do that thing and it's kind of like deer in headlights going, what, you want me to do what? Yeah. One of the very first things I did here at Red was we use MS Teams very heavily and I made a channel called Gratitude. Oh, I love that. And I just started th- Thank You Thursdays, just started really small. Oh. No one fucking did anything. <laughs> It was like crickets. Emma from Chief Happiness Officer, gratitude. <laughs> so uh, in the beginning, and Chris was like, Emma, that's absolutely not going to be picked up. Like we're in technology. There 99% are either diagnosed or not and neurodivergent and unsure of how to give emotion or receive it. And did you say you don't know me, Dal? Shush, Dal. <laughs> And now it's probably one of the most commonly tagged or spoken oh, to channels. How cool that. is that? So it's those simple things and the aha moments. But emotion in both of our worlds, so in the mining and information technology worlds, um, it, it used to seem or feel taboo. Uh, it's so not. I mean, it's it's so not anywhere, but especially in our worlds, especially when it is male-dominated, I think that fills me with super purpose every day to strive harder, do more because of that, like you said, the wives piece. Like we're not just changing people's lives and making them happier and enjoy their life, although we spend most of our life at work. Mm. It's what comes off the back of that. So, um, yeah, well done. Thank you. As we know, you know, like the suicide rate in men is just horrendous. We speak about mental health every single day here, neurodivergency, ADHD, at the wazoo. Um, but it's what makes us us and we Absolutely. lean into that. So, yeah. And you taught me that leaning into. I loved working with you with that, like the leaning into things instead of leaning away and just such simple things that we can have big impacts on people's lives. And sometimes we we don't realise it until we take moments like this and actually shoot the shit and talk about it. <laughs> Absolutely. How cool is it that we get to be this person in other people's lives? Like it's really cool, isn't it? 
Absolutely. It's all about you, but I'm making it all about me too. Oh, no. No, but it's about us, right? So I, I, I really appreciate everything that you've taught me in that space when we were working together um, because it's allowed me to go, I'm not just a crazy person with this ambitious desire Passion. for better. Yeah. It's actually able to be achieved and you're also doing it and, you know, the others that we still love, that we uh, worked around as well. That's really cool. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing that with me and our listeners and viewers. Uh, let's talk more about your athleticism. Like sure. you're just a weapon. So um, back when we were a lot closer in the uh, workspace that we were in, um, you were just so focused and you made me feel so f- unfit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Still am. Um, but, no, you're, I loved also too watching a couple of your games and Maddie, your husband, like yeah. that was so cool. I couldn't I couldn't fathom you being able to achieve that without Matt's support too. I mean you would have but it would have been a bit of a, a bit more of a struggle if he wasn't on board with oh, it. Oh, I think 100% in terms of not even a bit more of a struggle. Like I think in a relationship when, you know, in whatever you're doing, mm. like, You've got to find someone, you've got to be with someone that brings out the best in you. Correct. And, and that's can be, you've similar, you're different, but, you know, and for me, support was just a non-negotiable. Mm. And, but, <laughs> but it obviously was for him too. It was. Oh, yeah. The, oh, sorry. I'm talking about like back when you like dating. And oh, like, right. Yes. You're like, oh, yeah, nah, like nah. But, yeah, in terms of softball, I suppose, um, to give everyone at home like a bit of an overview, I nothing came easy to me. So, and what I mean by that is there was plenty of my mates who were super talented naturally, like high performers, consistently made their state team, their national Without team. Without even trying. Without I mean, putting, trying, they yes. Try, they yeah. absolutely tried, yeah. but I worked my ass off. Like I was so driven and mm. I knew that t- to get to where I wanted to go, I had to work harder than everyone and I had to just grind and you know and what that looked like in a normal working week when we worked together mate I would you know three mornings a week we're at gym at the Queensland Academy of Sport so you know getting up at 4 15 every morning or those three mornings driving to gym then on the way home from gym stopping at a random oval somewhere so I could do some of my own training for half an hour so I'd hit a ball into a net off a tee um I had a bucket of balls so it wasn't like I had to go fetch it every time and then I'd drive to work shower start work, finish work, go to team training, whether that's club, whether that's state training, and then get home, eat dinner, go to sleep. Like it was and repeat. Groundhog for day? such a long time. Like I, it's so funny because although it felt like I had time to do stuff at that point, I look back now and now my like my guilty pleasure is just going home and then watching TV. Oh, doll. <laughs> Because I'm like, slob. I, I never, like people at work no. and talk about shows and I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's a great yeah, series. Oh, it's a let movie, me put yes. that down for when I travel overseas next. Oh, like, you have the longest so, list. So I just never, and that's fine. Mm. And But it all came down to, you know, Maddie and my parents, really, like my parents initially, because they said to me once, you can do all of the things you want to do in terms of sport, but you can never miss a training for anything. Whoa. So even if that's. Year 12 exams, like if you commit, you commit. You don't just miss a training because you haven't planned your time effectively. 
And so <laughs> it was a really good lesson to learn early. And mm. I think that's why I could juggle things and fit yep. everything because I just knew if I was going to commit to something, mm. you make it happen that's or awesome. you don't commit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. sign up. Yeah. Why softball? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Oh, good Ooh. question. So my auntie captained Australia for a long time. I want to say 12 years, 15 mm-hmm. years around there. Uh, Aunty Joyce, uh, she captained them at the 96 Atlanta Olympics, which is the first time softball was in the Olympics and they Aww. won a bronze medal. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and she was one of the first Australians to play professionally in Japan. So I had her, she was a big role model for me. Uh, and then my mum also, she played softball, is in the Queensland Hall of Fame. She's a oh. Hoff, uh, <laughs> which is exciting for her. That's cool. Yeah. It's amazing. So, and it's interesting because... Because of that connection, mum mm. never wanted me to play. Oh. So she, if I found it, I found it on my own, right. which is absolutely what happened. So in school, uh, back when I went to primary school, in summer in Brizzy you played softball and in winter you played netball. There was no other real sport options for right. inter-school. Uh, so, yeah, grade five, played T-ball, was obsessed with it. Really straight absolutely. up. Absolutely. Just, yeah, loved it. What did you love about it? I just loved being in a team and I think from early on you know like you look at your career now and that love for like culture and Mm. high performance Mm. and and driving teams I just loved being in a team and just having a great time (laughs) I feel you and I was I must have been good at it but I never knew I was good at it (laughs) do you know what I mean like I made Queensland when I was 12 and then you know through high school made lots of teams, made the Australian junior team, never, still never was like, I'm going to play for Australia. Never. Sign me up for the Olympics. Yeah, which I didn't make. (laughs) It's okay. It's all right. We'll get there. Which we can talk about that. We absolutely will. Um, So, yeah, I just, it was just a passion of mine. I really loved the whole thing around the harder you work, the harder you train, the better you get. That's cool. And so just from an early age, like I'd have my dad out there. I'd be like, Phil poor, Dog. Poor dog. <laughs> That's what I'd call my dad. Phil Dog, how about you go toss me some balls at the oh. school? And like they would. So anytime like I wanted to train, they would just help, oh. which is awesome. And then, yeah, just really loved the game, loved the, the team, loved the girls, loved like going away. Um, like, you, you know, even when you're. 12 years old and going to state championships and you get to room with someone and, you know, your parents aren't there. It's just all a bit exciting. Uh, So love that. And then got to a point where um, I had a coach and he said to me when I was 18, you're going to make the Australian squad, the open women's squad next year. And I looked at him and said, lucky. No, I'm not. (gasps) And I literally did. I was sitting in uni and started, my phone was blowing up in this lecture and I just made Paparazzi. Yeah, my first Australian (laughs) squad at 18 with all the big dogs, right? So the Olympics had just happened. It's 2008. Beijing had happened. So this was the next year, 2009. And I was like, holy shit. They got the wrong number. Yeah. (laughs) And then then it was a bit of that, the imposter at that point because I was like, I'm not very good. (laughs) Oh, I don't know what they saw, but, like, this is – I had never – and I was never one to, like, do anything special. I think that's what it was, like, in my mind. And then um, 
I met my husband, now husband, Maddie, after that, and he was one of the, the, the best coach hands down I've ever had and mm. a lot of the, the softball girls today because he his specialty was hitting and so I just. Did he play as well? He, yeah, <laughs> he was a world champion um, and then went to baseball. Oh. So he had a really good mix of just knowledge and yeah. skills and that was his passion yeah. was coaching, sp- specifically hitting, which is a really specific skill. Mm. And we just, you Did know. you hit it off? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so mm. from there just got better and better. But I suppose through that journey, like made an Australian squad young and then got dropped two years, three years later from the Queensland team mm. and had that moment of, well, I can either quit or I can go in the draft so <laughs> and play for another state and get back in that team. So went in the draft, played for South Australia, Ooh. had the best time Aww. and then transferred to be a South Australian um, for a few years mm. and then at that point was like it sucks training by yourself because uh, you never see the team. True. Then went back to Queensland and then finally um, debuted for the Aussie Spirit, the open women's team. So all these years later. That's amazing. Yeah. You, you talked before quite quickly about not making the Olympics. Oh, yeah, yep. Are you comfortable to talk about that? Absolutely. Have you healed from that part? Because I know I think I don't know that I was there with you when it actually happened but it was. No, it was right I'm, after yeah, we worked together. Yeah, but I remember checking in and it was really hard because didn't know how much to lean in to support you or if you just needed space or, you yeah, because that's, that's hard. It's hard to receive because you've worked so effing hard for. Absolutely. Tell me about everything around that. Yeah, so everything around that, I suppose through that period, so to get to an Olympic Games you have to qualify. Your mm-hmm. team has to qualify. And... In the year of qualification, which would have been 2019, because mm-hmm. Olympics was meant to be 2020, but That's it moved right. to 2021. Um, and my whole thing was, you know, at the Olympics, I'll be 30 and then I'm going to retire and have kids. Like that was my whole plan right? in terms of my head, which we can talk about how that plan went in a moment. Um, but, yeah, coming into 2019, um, I was like in the best form, right, that I've been in. I was so confident, comfortable, relaxed. Like Mm. at that point, you know, you talk about the 10 years prior or however many years prior where I was like, oh, shitting myself. Mm. At that point I was just ready. Yeah. Give it to me. It's mine. And the process to get – so we had Olympic qualifiers in China uh, and the process to get there was we played a professional season in the States, um, which was great. The year before I'd played in the States as well for about six weeks and – was really successful personally. Mm. The team wasn't that successful, which was um, disappointing. But it was good because in Australia we play club softball, we play 15 games in a season, and over there you're playing a game every day. Oh. So it's completely Quite different. <laughs> and and in the States they obviously everyone, like college softball is massive. Mm. So there's a, there's a heap of people who are really, really good. So we do amazing considering how small we are. True, that's true. For sure. And our background. Um, so we're over heading to the States for this professional league and I got there and I wasn't feeling well. I was just – and this is when I worked with you. I don't know if you remember. Um, but I just 
I was really unwell. And for the first few days, they were like, oh, you've probably picked up a cold. Anyway, ended up in hospital, had pneumonia. That's right. <laughs> or as one of my teammates said, is pneumonia bad? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, George, that's not. But you first know, up, the piece silent. silent. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you say pterodactyl? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I do now. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that at that point, I was like, no, oh, I'll be fine. I'll brush this off. Absolutely. This will be easy. It was so hard. Went through the ringer trying. And you can imagine from an athlete mindset, you're trying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just imagine for me. Hypothetically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You're trying. You know that that's a selection tournament to go to China, right? So you're doing everything you can. You're trying to rest. You're trying to be supportive. And it was an really tough experience because the team, every single person in the team would go play the game. I would be in in our apartment. I couldn't even leave the apartment, right? So I'm just been the mental yep. battle. Yeah. And then it got to a point where we went to Florida. Um and we obviously had a heap of medical staff, you know, supporting us. But mm. I then played this game and it was so hot. And I just remember, you know, when you're like I'm not myself oh, and I'm standing on the field and oh. I'm like, oh, God. And afterwards she goes. I started like just my eyes were rolling back. I fainted, like my whole body shaking. And at that point then ended up back getting um, back in hospital for the test. They'd given me the wrong antibiotics. They gave you the pneumonia, not the yeah. pneumonia. Yeah, so I still had pneumonia and oh. that was really dangerous. And at that point my my dad called me and said, Jess, yeah. nothing is worth your health. Correct. Uh, like, what are you doing? Think about this logically. <laughs> and I thought about it. I was like, he's like, who gives a shit about if you make that team or not because of this? Like, you need to come home and get better. Your body and is so, screaming out to you something. Yeah, yeah. Had a chat with the coach and I'm not an emotional person, but I just broke down to him and said, I need to go home. <laughs> I need to get better. Um Went home, uh, Queensland Academy of Sport, amazing in terms of what they did. Ended up, you know, getting sorted, getting better, having a really um, (laughs) prescribed workout plan to get back because Mm -hmm. the plan was still get myself ready for the China qualifier. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I make the squad. Right. So worked out in heat chambers. Um, So it's at a ridiculous percentage of humidity and you do like a 30, 45-minute session in there, mm-hmm. as you'd know. I've done many of yeah. those. And they were amazing. Got myself back. Okay. Got named in the qualifier squad, went to Japan. And so we were in Japan. There was 20 of us, went for, I don't know, a period of seven, eight days, played all the professional teams over there. And the coach was like, well, you know, who we are picking whoever's in form. Right. If you're in form and you perform – you're going to go to China. Right. And everyone had to go to China anyway, so that was another part. And so I walk in the day before we leave for China, walk into a selection meeting and and I've never been – I had played really well Mm. and I'd never been one to assume I was in a team, but I was so just confident. I was like, yep, I've Mm. I've come back from pneumonia. Bags packed, let's go. Yep, I've played well, I've done exactly Mm. what you've asked. And he sat me down and said, no, you haven't made it. And I just broke down and I remember thinking, this is fucked. (laughs) Like how do I 
Like, and I was so embarrassed, which is the wrong, Why? which is, that's just how I felt, which is looking, looking back, that's the wrong way to go about it. But my family was flying to China the next day to I watch. I remember that. And you had to work out who was getting tickets and. Yeah. So oh. my, my husband, my mum, my dad were coming to China. I called them. I said, I haven't made it. They were like, what? <laughs> Very funny, Jess. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I don't want you to come. Like, and <sighs> Matt said to me, bless him, he said, if there's ever a time for me to be there to support you, it's the time when you've got to be there and you haven't made the team. And it was really hard because, like, I wanted the team to do well Mm. and it was such a mind fuck because the only way to make the Olympics is if the team qualify. Right. So I was like, change your mindset, like, sucks for you. Let's Let's get that team there. Yep, let's get them there. And it was such a... um, and the five girls, we called ourselves the Fab Five. So we were cut. It was so awkward. Fab culturally, <laughs> culturally, they didn't handle it well at all. Oh. In terms of they sent us to the 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 stadium in China and they were like, Oh no, you can't wear your Australian uniform. No. You can't be on the Australian team bus. We'll pay to get you there and home. And that's not okay. And I was it was such an awful but learning experience. <laughs> and at that point, I think I knew if I didn't make it at that point, I was never going to make it. And so I, when I look back and reflect on how emotional I got, it's I think I knew that the writing was on the wall then for the future, you know, six months that followed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, didn't make the Olympic squad and retired. So stopped playing softball, finished club, finished playing for Queensland, obviously finished playing for Australia um, and yeah, and a lot of people go, oh, don't you miss it? And I was like, I don't miss, I, I miss the the fun and the all the off the field stuff. I miss that really like working hard for a really specific purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't miss every single weekend in summer, not knowing when my game is, not being able to commit to someone's birthday, not being able to do things. And it's not a sacrifice, it's a choice, Mm, right? mm, mm. But I've really was just so strong on, well, that's when I'm finishing, whether it's a good or bad story. And, like, you reflect and you go, yeah, I didn't hit, like I failed because I didn't get my goal. Mm. But then you also have to be super grateful and celebratory of, like, the things Mm. you did. How long did it take you to get to the celebratory bit? It took a while. Mm. I went through a place of where I hated the game, which really sucked because you heard me talk about how much I loved it at the start. Mm. But I think that that love That's through that period yeah. just because it was such a high-pressure environment and I suppose for softball in particular, we hadn't been in the Olympics since 2008. So it's not like we had a Com Games or, yep, there was a world championship every four years, but... Like once you're in an Olympic cycle, mm. funding improves, like things don't cost as much, like, you know, all of that stuff. So it was such a, yeah, a pressure cooker time. Mm. Yeah. But you, you've you thrived. Like look at you now, like telling that story. Mm. How long ago was that? Uh, so that will happen in 2020. True. 2020. So yeah. three years ago. Yep. That's insane. Like the growth that you've had from that moment because that's, let's be honest, let's not, you know, <laughs> that was an effed time for you, even though yeah. you say you're not emotional, like you have 
every right to have been. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure it would have been like a grieving process and all the emotions would have come out of off the back of that. Oh, for sure. And I think when you reflect, like, the thing I'm least proud of is that, like, that feeling of embarrassment, which is so dumb, right, when no, you reflect. Um, but the thing I'm proudest of is I can sit here and go, you know what, like, I did absolutely everything I could. You gave it a crack, and, man. like, how I presented myself, how mm. I turned up, the state in which I approached everything mm. was absolutely right, how hard fine. I worked. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you can't, like, life gives you lemons, right, but... As long as you've controlled the things you can control, mm. everything else was out of my control. Yeah. So yeah. I'm proud of that. Good. Yeah. So you should be. I'm Thank proud you. of you. <laughs> um, Thank you. That's amazing. And you've spoken to uh, a regular guest who is in here, Mr. Toby Jenkins. We love him. Yeah. You know, that, that support ne- mechanism of legends like Toby, like you know, hearing keynotes from Mark Matthews, yep. hearing keynotes from Matt Torpy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but that'd be a, we'd that, have to beep a lot of that, that keynote out. I would love that. But again, in his own way, he supports you in his beautiful way. You know, oh, he, without realising it, he has that framework. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably <laughs> when you reflect, you probably don't spend enough time giving the gratitude to the people that do support you. Mm. So it's almost, you know, like it's just expected. It is, but you know he's there. You know he's going to have that and, yeah. Yeah. Him saying, no, mate, I'll be there for you in China. Like, Absolutely. That's just. He got very drunk every game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to support you. I would always look up and I'd be like, oh, there's another beer and a bucket hat. (laughs) We might just flash a picture of Maddie <laughs> up here on the body. Living his best oh, life. He's a doll. Tiny little pocket rocket with a big personality. He's yeah. a doll. He's a doll. Yeah. Um, thank you. The whole idea that I had around these podcasts was it was um, short and sharp and impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, I fear that ours today could continue on for hours. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am going to start to wrap it up um, and perhaps we have a version two, version three, continuation. Absolutely. We could do a series of just oh, Torby. Couldn't we? Have um, fun. Uh, but thank you. I really appreciate you coming in. Um, I hope that wasn't as scary as the, uh, the uh, onset of the idea of it was. But Oh, no. You, you, just, just a chat between just a chat. J- between friends. A rosé would have been good next time. Let's almost rosé club. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a guest in uh, a while ago. And it was a very heavy, heavy topic. A lot of these bad boys were consumed um, and there was some white wine at about, yeah. I don't know, just shy of 10 o'clock. So How good. no one ever knows what time we're recording these, so <laughs> it could be 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but thank you. I really appreciate it. And a, a big shout-out to Kestrel Cole for allowing Jess the time to be here today. Thank you. Um, but thank you. I hope that, that was as enjoyable for me uh, for you as it was for me. <laughs> Hell, Emma. Um, but thank you. I, I loved that. I knew most of that story, but there mm. were some highlights in there that I wasn't aware of and or needed a good reminder. Great. So thank you. I know there's going to be somebody out there who resonates with your story and you're just amazing. Oh, stop. Back no, I you. won't. I will not, <laughs> Jess. 
No, but thank you. I love and adore you since the day I met you and uh, don't ever stop being you because you're incredible. Back at you. Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you very much for listening and or watching this episode of Empowered. Uh, don't forget, if you would like to be a feature guest on the, the series of podcasts, you're more than welcome. Please connect with me and hopefully uh, something resonated with you today and gave you one of those aha moments. Again, thank you and welcome to Empowered. <laughs>